G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Welcome to On The Rock, God's unchanging word for changing times with Dr. Camille Majdali, Director of Teach All Nations, Melbourne, Australia. Dr. Camille lived and studied in the Middle East, served as a principal of a leading Bible college and now travels the world teaching God's word. He has an extraordinary knowledge of the Bible and a dynamic ability to make God's truth come alive in a real, practical way. This episode of On The Rock will give you keys to survive and succeed in the days ahead by hearing and doing the words of Jesus. We live in a world of weakness, but also of power. There's the power of nature. There is political power, economic power, military power. And yes, even in the heavenlies, there is power. But what we're going to see is that there's no power like God's power. Now, our series is entitled heartfelt and inspired, understanding 2 Corinthians. And I want to speak for a few minutes about the issue of power. Remember that you can appreciate power the most in times of weakness. Now, it's said that when you're younger, especially as a man, but also for a woman, that you're at the peak of strength. But as you progress in maturity, the physical strength begins to decline. Now, think about it. What is weaker than death itself. And there's a little adage that I have. I've never heard anyone else say it, but the adage goes like this, that the weakest living man is mightier than the strongest dead man. There is nothing weaker than death itself. And so how does it all work? In 2 Corinthians, the Apostle Paul in chapter 1, he speaks about in verses 9 and 10, what is called the death sentence, because he was doing his ministry before God and encountering all kinds of trouble, of which Jesus Christ said would be the case, that he would suffer many things for Christ's name. Part of the reason, I think, is because Paul was reaping what he sowed. He definitely caused a lot of hardship for believers before he repented and came to Messiah. But also, he was a pretty tough cookie, and tribulation helped to soften or marinate him to be more pliable in the hand of God. But in verses 9 and 10 of 2 Corinthians chapter 1, he makes this state, Yes, we had the sentence of death in ourselves, that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God, who raises the dead, who delivered us from so great a death, and does deliver us, in whom we trust that he will still deliver us. But that's 2 Corinthians 1 verses 9 and 10. What we see here is that Paul is living on what is called resurrection power. He's brought at the end of his own strength, his own resources, his own connections. Basically, he discovers, first of all, that God is all he has. But he makes another amazing discovery, that God is all he needs. And friends, we need to come to that place, preferably sooner than later. Even when we do have other resources at our disposal, it is always wisdom to look to God first and foremost, to look to God as number one, to seek God, number one, to put his kingdom 
as the number one priority and to put the righteousness of God as your number one priority. Now, why do you want to do that? Because for a simple reason, when God, his kingdom, and his righteousness are number one, then everything you need in this world, as well as the world to come, God will make sure you have it. In the case of the apostles, as we'll see in 2 Corinthians, Paul suffered a lot for the cause of the gospel in a way that is special to Paul. It's not something we all would go through. But at the same time, he discovered God's resurrection power at work in him. That's why he said, we put our trust in not ourselves, but in God, the God who raises the dead. Remember, he based his whole ministry on the fact that Jesus Christ rose again from the dead and that he speaks in past, present, and future. God delivered us from this great death. He is presently delivering us from this big death. And in the future, he will still deliver us. Now, that's the kind of God we all want to serve. I'd like to read to you now from... 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 7 to 11. Let's get the whole context here, and let's find out what we're going to call this particular lesson. 2 Corinthians 1, 7 to 11. And our hope of you is steadfast, knowing that as ye are partakers of the sufferings, so shall ye be also of the consolation. For we would not, brethren, Have you ignorant of our trouble, which came to us in Asia, that we were pressed out of measure, above strength, insomuch that we despaired even of life? But we had the sentence of death in ourselves, that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God which raiseth the dead, who delivered us from so great a death, and doth deliver in whom we trust that he will yet deliver us. He also helping together by prayer for us, that for the gift bestowed upon us by the means of many persons, thanks may be given by many on our behalf. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 7 to 11. Let's take a verse-by-verse look at this amazing epistle, for our series is entitled Heartfelt and inspired, understanding 2 Corinthians. It is where Paul opens up his heart, shares emotionally, shares personally, so we see him not just as a great man of God, but we also see him as very, very human. We say it's inspired because, of course, 2 Corinthians is part of God's infallible inspired word. Verse 7 of chapter 1, 2 Corinthians, steadfast hope. And what does this mean? Steadfast hope is what everyone needs, because when you have steadfast hope, you are anchored to a solid rock, and the circumstances of life will not shake you. If you're not anchored to the rock, you are tossed to and fro with the waves. You are basically either on the waves or you're on the sinking quicksand. This is a place we wouldn't wish on anybody. So what we need is steadfast hope. It's not just wishful thinking. It's not just hope for the moment. It is steadfast. It is constant. It is ever-growing. It is faith in the future. It is an anchor to the soul. Paul's confidence in the Corinthian church is that as they partake of the sufferings, they will also partake of the consolation, the comfort, the presence of God. Because as we've learned earlier In chapter 1 of 2 Corinthians, God is described as the God of all comfort. 
and he comforts us in all our afflictions so that we can basically, from the overflow of God's comfort, bring comfort to others. And you know what? The more you pour out to others of what God has poured into you, guess what? God will continue to pour even more and more through your life. That is a great consolation. We do believe that when the saints are in trouble, the consolation of God is waiting for them. Just this very day, I got to share with a brother in Christ who feels his prayers are not answered and he has some property he needs to sell and he's trying to serve God and the property won't move. And so what did I share? It is time to put all your trust in God. Before, you were financially independent, you could trust in your riches, but now you have to trust in God. And that's not a bad place to be, friend. That is a healthy place to be. Because when you trust in God, then you can enjoy what everybody else needs to enjoy, and that is the steadfast hope, the rock and anchor to the soul. 2 Corinthians 1.8, there is desperate trouble. It reads, for we would not, brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble, which came to us in Asia, that we were pressed out of measure, above strength, insomuch that we despaired even of life. So Paul was not going to hide the fact that in Asia, the apostles experienced heavy trials. They were pressed out of measure. Now, that gives me the impression of wringing a sponge or a cloth till the last drop of water comes out. I mean, you really are under pressure. It says they were pressed above strength. They didn't have any more strength because all the strength was squeezed out of them like toothpaste out of the tube. And it says they despaired of life itself. In other words, they're saying, I don't think we're going to get out of this alive. It was really a heavy trial. It happened in Asia. When we say Asia, we're not talking from Beirut to Beijing. We're talking about the Roman province of Asia, which is the western part of Asia Minor, known today as modern Turkey. That is Asia, where Ephesus is located. So they went through something heavy duty. So in the natural, they would have been tempted to have given up all hope. But remember, in verse 7, the previous verse, they had steadfast hope. So if you have steadfast hope, it will see you through no matter what. And then this is where verse 9 comes to play, which I've already mentioned before, but we'll elaborate further. Verse 9 of 2 Corinthians 1, but we had the sentence of death in ourselves that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God which raiseth the dead. So basically, the apostles went around with a death sentence, as if they were living on borrowed time. Yet, there was a redemptive side to all of this, what I call the big picture. And this is what you have to do. Quit trusting in yourself, your ideas, your plans, and your resources. At the same time, don't put your trust in other people either. I don't say this out of cynicism. I say this out of priorities. Because yes, there are times we have to trust both in ourselves and others, but that's not where we put all our trust all the time. No, the scripture tells us you put your trust in God. And if ever there's a time to start trusting God and to keep trusting God, it is now in these crazy, mixed up, change-filled, crisis-riddled, chaos-laden times. Now we trust God. Hand all your cares to him, friend, because he cares for you. Trust him, even if it doesn't make sense, even if you're not sure what to do next, even if everyone doesn't understand why you're trusting God, it doesn't matter what people think or say. What matters is what God thinks and says. And he's telling us, trust in me with all of your heart. 
Don't lean on your understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge me, and I, the Lord your God, will direct your path. I've just paraphrased Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. So we are to trust God. For God and God alone has the ability to raise the dead. He did it for Jesus, and he will do it for us. And so our lesson is actually called Resurrection Power at Work. Resurrection power at work. And this isn't just happening at the time of the rapture where the dead in Christ rise first. This happens for us now. We live on divine health. We live in resurrection power. We live at the end of our own resources so we can trust in God's bountiful, never exhausted resources. That's why we get to verse 10. God delivers from death. Who delivered us from so great a death, and doth deliver in whom we trust that he will yet deliver us. So God's delivering power is spoken of in the past, present, and future tenses. He is one that has delivered us. He is one that presently delivers us. And we believe and trust that the same God who did deliver us, is now delivering us, will continue to deliver us from this very death. And remember, for the Christian, death is not the same as death for the unchurched, because death for the Christian doesn't deprive them of the source of life. On the contrary, death propels them to the source of life. To live is Christ, to die is gain. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So, chapter 1 and verse 11. It tells us, you are also helping together by prayer for us, that for the gift bestowed upon us by the means of many persons, thanks may be given by many on our behalf. So what is the apostle saying here in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 11? You, the Corinthian church, you, the church at Achaia in Sencria in Athens, you the church at large, you the church of all time, you are helping us by your prayers. Friends, if you want to help people, there are practical things you can do, of course, but never forget the greatest thing you can do is to pray because practical things have limitations and they have a price tag, but prayer has no limitations and it is priceless. Many Christian organizations, and we would be included in that. When it comes to seeking the help of the saints, we always say you can pray for us, you can give to us donations, but most of all, we want your prayers. And there's good reason, because when you have sufficient prayer covering, not only do you experience resurrection power, not only do you experience the presence of God, but you also get the provision of God, which is the finance and the resources to get the job done in ministry. So you're helping us by prayer. Verse 11, the reason the apostles could escape death is because of the prayers of the saints. Now it speaks of the gift, whether this gift is the prayers or the gift is the finances or the gift is both prayer and finances. The gift was given to the apostles by many people and on our behalf, many will be giving thanks to God for the powerful results of prayer. So let me take a moment here to speak on this most timely and needful subject. Prayer is the air that we breathe spiritually. Prayer is how we are strengthened in our Christian walk. Prayer, of course, is how we connect to God. We upload to God our praises, our thanksgiving, our prayer requests, 
personally or our supplication. We upload to God intercession, and it's very important that we do pray for others. This includes and not limited to those in need, leadership, the salvation of souls, and the cause of mission. It includes issues of the day, and believe me, people have changed world history through prayer and fasting. Many a great Christian has put it so plainly, to be a prayerless Christian is to be a powerless Christian. And if you pray, you will be empowered. If you don't pray, you will be weak like any other person. Let me just remind all of my listeners, you may have a desire to pray, but you don't know how to get started. Or if you do pray, it's very, very brief. You don't know what to say. So my suggestion is so simple. It does help to read books on prayer, but the single most important thing you do, even if you never touch a book on prayer, is to go to an on-fire prayer meeting and stay in that atmosphere of faith and anointing and stay there until you catch the fire, till you generate your own heat, till you're a torch that's been lit and then can be carried far and wide. In order to have resurrection power at work, we need to come to God We need to pray to God. And remember, as we upload prayer and praise and thanksgiving to God, he will download to us everything that we possibly need. So what is our lesson for life? God allows heavy trials, not unto death and destruction, but for blessing and enlargement of his people. I'll say that again. God allows heavy trials, not because of death and destruction, but actually for blessing and enlargement of his people. As the psalmist put it, you enlarged me, Lord, when I was in distress. Remember to visit us at our Facebook page, Teach All Nations, Education, and thank you for liking our page. You can also visit us at our homepage and subscribe to the free monthly Issachar Teaching e-letter with articles on the Bible, Christian living, and current events in the light of God's Word. Let's pray. Thank you, Heavenly Father, through Christ Jesus, that we are more than conquerors through you, and that as we cleave to you and trust in you, you will deliver us again and again from death traps. You will safely get us to where we need to go. You will give us victory and make sure that we are the head and not the tail. Through Christ Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. Today's On The Rock was brought to you by Teach All Nations. If you would like more information about this ministry, to download podcasts, view our online store, attend special events, sign up for our teaching newsletter, make a donation to support this ministry, or to invite Dr. Camille to speak, log on to www.tan.org.au or write to us at Post Office Box 493, Mount Waverley 3149. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.